for lilies in honor and memory of someone, you're welcome to get those following the service. So if you'll do that, we would deeply appreciate it. The sermon this morning is a little different. I've never preached it quite this way about God, our Creator. But the title of the sermon is, My Creator Lives. And uh, the call to preach, for any of us preachers who are here, the call to preach almost demands that on Easter Sunday morning, you have to proclaim that Christ is risen. So i got to say it, Christ is risen. And uh, we're told in 1 Corinthians 15, and I've used this passage on many of uh, Easter celebration, 1 Corinthians 15, 17, the Holy Spirit reminds us, and he says, And if Christ is not risen, then your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Wow. So we better hope he got up out of that tomb. Because if not, we're in trouble. But he did, thank God. It's also true that there can be no empty tomb. There's no happy Easter. There's not been a death on the cross. You got to have both in relationship with your creator. And uh, 1 Corinthians 1.18 says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who have and are being saved, it is the power of I'm about to read in just a moment about the story in Mark where it says that he is risen. Well, this morning, Bob Blunt, I want to give Bob credit in case this don't go over well, uh, but Bob gave me some southern translation of what the angels said while they were in the tomb. And so I'm not going to read all of them he gave you, but this, if you're from Alabama, these will, these will fit. This is just one I picked. So here's a southern translation of he is risen. He ain't back here. He done woke up and was gone. So uh, let's pray together. God, we're not in that tomb. That's why I'm able to communicate with you right now and talk with you. God, I love you. I'm here with other people who love you. In those areas in our lives where we do not love you with everything we have. Please, God, forgive us. We know what the great commandment says, to love the Lord thy God with everything. Help us to do that, Lord. Bless your word right now that it will fall on the good soil of the heart. We praise you that you are our creator and our maker. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We have been reading, if you're visiting with us, our church during the season of Lent have been reading the gospel of Mark. And so I want to read from Mark. I'm not going to preach specifically from this, just a little. But I want to read from the last chapter in Mark, Mark the 16th chapter, to, to hear what the angel did say and some instructions that Jesus gives us still today, this commandment. So I'm in Mark the 16th chapter. I want to read verses 9 through 16. Now, when he rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven demons. So she went and she told those who had been with him as they mourned and as they wept. Well, if they're mourning and weeping, apparently they didn't really believe that he was going to rise from the dead. In fact, none of them did. Would we have really believed, even though some of them had been there when Lazarus was raised? Yeah, I was his daughter when Christ raised him from the dead. As far as we know in Scripture, Jesus never preached a funeral. He just showed up and raised him from the dead. But they had been there, but... They still didn't really believe him. They were, they were crying and weeping and he's gone. So she comes in and tells them and 
And when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they did not believe. (laughs) We don't really believe it. After that, he appeared in another form to two of them as they walked and went into the journey. One of the other Gospels gives us a little more detail. The walk to Emmaus when Jesus walked with them. They didn't recognize him. They walked for miles and then all of a sudden he revealed himself. And they said, we, we, we sensed, we knew that it was him. It was the last time they saw him. He looked beat up and torn to pieces and bleeding. But there he was. He walked with them. So later, they went and told it to the rest, but they did not believe them either. They still didn't believe it. And later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table and he rebuked their unbelief and their hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. We're kind of the same way. I don't want to be too hard on them. There's a lot of times in my life I have the word of God in me and I I just don't believe it. And I find myself sometimes praying, Lord, help my unbelief. And then in verse 15, Jesus gives a commandment. And he said unto them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. To every creature. He who believes, because believing must be important. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he or she who does not believe will be condemned. Now don't underestimate God's word. The condemned part's just as real as the be saved part. But it's based on what you believe. Who hath believed our report, Isaiah said. It matters what we believe. It matters what our creator has told us. Tyler and I, and I didn't discuss this with him that I was going to mention this, but I just observed over the last several months, all the way back into the fall and winter, different sermons that we preached. He and I have gone back to this text that I'm about to read you several times. We didn't plan that, but I felt led in talking about our creator lives to go back and read Colossians 1. 15 and 18 again to let us remind us who Jesus is. Colossians 1, 15. He, that is Jesus, is the image of the invisible God. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Jesus said, if you've seen me, then you have seen the Father. So he's the image of the invisible God. He is the firstborn over all creation. It's important. He's the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, either visible or invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, our church, who is the beginning of the firstborn from the dead that in all things he may have preeminence. Let me emphasize those two lines again. He is the image of the invisible God. He's the firstborn over all creation. He's the head of the church. He's the firstborn from the dead. In other words, the creator dies for his own creatures. Christ is the head of the church in the sense of supplying its life. And exercising control over it and giving direction for it. Go preach the gospel. Whoever believes shall be saved. Whoever does not believe shall be condemned. So he he exercises control and direction over us. The body is Christ's body in the sense of his people, we believers, being in an intimate 
intimate association with him, under his control, and serving him. That's what he's telling us there. Many of you know that I have a nine-and-a-half-year-old granddaughter. She's smarter than I am. She knows a lot. I learn a lot from her. Any of you who've got granddaughters, you know they're special. Madeline, the other day, was sharing with me that she had purchased two of these loci bracelets. I don't know if you know what a loci bracelet is, but if you're around nine years old, you may know what it is, the loci bracelet. She bought a couple of them. Well, I wanted to know what loci meant. I said, Madeline, what does loci mean, the loci bracelet? She said, I, I got to understand this. So I went to the source of all knowledge and all truth. I went to the Internet. That's a joke. But, you know, everything in there is truth. So I got on there and I read it and I said, well, Madeline, here's what it says. I just read the first one on the loci bracelet. Now there's, there's a dark big black bead and there's a white bead. And so it says, as I read it to Madeline as she is holding her brand new loci bracelet, I said it says this. This is what it says. It says, you will see on the tag, you will see on the tag on the bracelet the following description, that the white bead has water in it from Mount Everest, which is the highest point on the earth. And the black bead has mud in it from the Dead Sea in it, which is the lowest part of the earth. Madeline looked at hers and she said, Papa, my tag, all it says is made in China. <laughs> now, I laughed like you did. I doubled over laughing. I was laughing so hard. And she said, why is it that adults laugh at some of the dumbest things that make no sense? She didn't understand why that was funny. Everything's made in China. Here's the thing as I read on. The bracelet is supposed to give you balance in your life. Baloney. I wanted to teach Madeline something. I've got some pictures I want to show you of Mount Everest. See those pictures there? Barely see them over there. Beautiful. Our God, our Creator, He made that. Some of you have been at the base of Mount Everest. I don't know if there's anybody here who made it all the way to the top. That'd be on my bucket list. I'd like to go a little bit of snow at the base, not at the top. Chris Self's going to go with me. He's going to pay the way. And uh, I want to show you some pictures of the Dead Sea as well. My wife and I, Alana, we, we went to the Dead Sea. We actually got to swim there. If you've ever been to Israel, you get that opportunity. You take your swim trunks with you. I took Speedos and... Uh, Israeli's, Israeli government came and said, no, 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 don't scare the children. So uh, I do not own Speedos. We also went to the waters of the Jordan that go into the Dead Sea. And God created all of this. He's our maker. When you go in the place where Jesus was baptized, the Jordan flows into the Dead Sea, which has a powerful symbolism to it that we're cleansed and baptized by His Spirit. Not just water. We're baptized in His Spirit. It's that symbol of our sins are all washed into the Dead Sea. If He didn't rise, that don't happen. So Madeline and I talked about this. and I said, Madeline, this, this bracelet can't give you balance in your life. So what I share with her and I want to share with you is that why not trust your life with the one who is the creator of all things, please? 
our creator has become our redeemer. That's why we must have the balance of a cross and an empty tomb. you got to have both. You have to go to the cross to realize the happiness and the joy of an empty tomb. you got to have both. Your creator and your maker died for you. That's what we've been reading all about in the Gospel of Mark. And that's why we make such a big deal about both Christmas and the cross. And, and now Easter is our God came, the incarnate God, became the sacrifice. Madeline, don't. In fact, it's done broke. <laughs> I didn't break it. She broke it. I can't give you balance. He is the only one who can give you meaning. He's the only one who can give you balance. He's the only one that can save you. He who believes in him shall be saved. Don't trust in bracelets. Don't trust in things of the world. Don't trust what the culture tells you. Trust in the one who created you. The one who created you and me. Get this. He desires that we walk under the authority of his word. By the way, he's the head of the church. We just read it. And that we walk with him in relationship. Your maker, your creator wants relationship with you. He wants you to walk with him. Do you walk with God? Do you daily submit to your creator? Do I? It's important to walk with God. You remember Micah 6, 8? I, I quote it sometimes. I like it because it's just it's real simple for me to understand. Micah 6, 8 says this. He has shown you, he's shown you, O mortal, you creatures. He's shown you, you mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? It's a good question. And he tells us, he gives us three things. This is what God requires of you. Number one, to act justly. Just do what's right. To act justly. And to love mercy. We know the word tells us that the mercy of the Lord endureth how long? Forever. Love mercy. And the, the third thing, to walk humbly with your God. That's what God requires. The head of the church requires that you and I walk humbly with him. So are you doing that? Enoch. Enoch in Genesis 5. We know very little about Enoch. He was one of the heroes of Scripture. And, and even though the only characteristic that we know about him is that he walked with God. He's listed in Hebrews 11 in the hall of faith. Enoch, who walked with God and was just taken. But Genesis 5, 24 simply tells us that he walked with God. At the end of your life, end of my life, if the preacher could just say over you and I, I'm not going to say anything much about this person, but I'll tell you this. They walked with God. That'd be enough. Enoch walked with God. Walking with God is, is what the Christian life's all about. He just wants you. In fact, 1 John 1 tells us this in verse 6 and 7. 1 John 1, 6 and 7. If we say, if we say that we have fellowship with him, and yet we walk in darkness, then we lie. And we do not practice the truth. 
But if, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, then we have fellowship with one another. And the blood, we have to always go back to that cross. Every time we take communion, we remember his death until he comes. So it says if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. How well, how consistently have you and I walked with God since last Easter? Do you desire to walk with God every day? Or, or do you or do you pick and choose which days are more convenient of whether or not I want to walk with my maker or not? Whether or not I want to walk in the light of who he is. And I'll confess to you. Some days I I don't always walk with him like I should. But I thank God I can go back to the cross and kneel down and say, God, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. God, forgive me. I want to walk with you today. He wants to walk with you. Do you walk in his light? Do you walk in the authority of his word? I want to kind of begin to close with this. We see in the creation story. So I'm going to take us back to Genesis 3. You remember the story in the cool of the day, God came down to talk and to walk with his creatures. Remember that story in Genesis 3? I've said it before, I'll say it again, it's kind of sad. It's kind of sad, we've got paradise, we've got perfect relationship with Jesus Christ, with the creator, uh, we're created in his image, and we blow it. We don't even make it through chapter 3. And then the rest of the book is about him coming back. So making things such that we can walk with him. So here's the story. The serpent comes in Genesis 3 verse 4. And it says, you'll, you'll not die if you eat of this. I know the Lord commanded you not to eat of this. But go ahead, it looks good. God knows that the day that you eat of this, your eyes will be open. And you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food... and Looked pleasant to her eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise. She took of the fruit and she ate. And she also gave it to her husband, Adam, and, and he ate. And all of a sudden, boy, it changed everything in verse 7. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. You know why that's so sad and it's interesting when it says that they realized that they were naked? All of the innocence was gone. We see that in even our own children, our grandchildren. Those moments that they get old and those innocence is gone. That's what happened in chapter 3. So they, they covered themselves and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking. He was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Because they'd heard it before. They'd walked with him. They'd had those talks. They had had those walks. And Adam and his wife, the Bible says, hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. And then the Lord God called, Adam, Adam, where are you? He said, I, I heard your voice in the garden and I, I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. He said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you? that you should not eat. I remember years ago when I read that, I thought, God, were you asking 
where, where are you, Adam? Because you didn't know where he was at. I mean, he's omniscient. He's almighty God. Adam, where are you? He knew where Adam was. More importantly, he knew where Adam was not. It's the same way with you and I. Does he ever call your name? You know, does he ever say, Ben? Does he ever say, Kara, where are you? Lord, I, I kind of wanted to do my own thing today. I wanted to live my life the way I wanted to. Harvey, where are you? Lord, forgive me. I'm not alone in that. He's called all our names. Where are you? I did all this so I could take a walk with you. He calls us and lets us come back and have a walk with him. Does God ever ask? you where you are at if you are not walking with God then who are you walking with whoever believes shall be saved but whoever does not believe shall be condemned I want to believe I, I, I want to walk with my creator so the cross brings us to our knees but it causes us to walk in our faith with our creator. Our creator lives. He walked out of that tomb. He walked out of that tomb because he wants to walk with you. That's why he did this. Jesus, get this, Jesus created the very tree that he would die on. And he created the stone which he would roll away. He did all that so that you could walk with ask you again, are you walking with your maker? Are you walking with your creator? I'll just tell you, don't trust in mud from the Dead Sea and don't trust in melted snow from Mount Everest. Why would you do that? Trust in the one who created all that. Walk with him. Believe in him. He wants you to walk in his life. Let's pray together. God, praise your holy name. Praise you for the cross. Praise you for an empty tomb. You did all that for me. You did all that for us, me, who would believe and could walk with you. And I, I pray for my brother and sister here this morning that they realize, you know what, I, I'm not walking with God. I want to just ask God to forgive me. I want to walk with him. I want to make a commitment today to walk every day with the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Creator my creator. The Holy Spirit speak to us. Remind us to walk with our God. Talk to him. We pray this and preach this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. Our closing hymn